you been feeling, Josh? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Good, good, my friend. I have been good. Just reading some good books as a good book boy that I am. I've been reading some good books in lockdown, and I'm excited to talk about one with you uh, today. Oh, I think we have some guests here. We do. Oh, we do. Look at them. What are they doing here? You should have said something. Hi, I'm good book boy number two, Alex. And I'm good book boy number one, Josh. Just to clarify, number one and two means nothing. Well, you, you know, I'll, okay. Uh, <laughs> what are we reading? What, what have we read this week, Alex? We have read Wolf in White Van by John Darnell. Now, my understanding is that you have read this before. Is that correct? I have. I have. And you know, Josh, I figured there are so many fiction books I've read that deserve a revisit, and I probably wouldn't do it unless I had a chance to go through them again. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm considering maybe using my good book boys to, um, you know, maybe revisit some things I probably wouldn't have read otherwise. But yeah, I read this when it came out in, oh, I don't know, 2015, I want to say. 2014. Uh, 2014. Okay. So I read it when it came out and uh, yeah, read it again this past week. Um, How did you come across this book? Was this, um, was this book first music second because we should we should note that the author of this book is also in a band or was yes. it music first book second no so it was music first i've been a yeah big fan of the mountain goats uh the band which john darnell is is the lead vocalist and guitarist and lyricist um a popular band if not a, a a mainstream band and this was his debut novel um so i thought hey i really like his music he has he has very very narrative in his songwriting, um, very yep. rich imagery, a lot of comparisons to be made in the writing style of, of, of this novel here. Um, but I think he's subsequently done another one, which I've also read, but we're not reviewing that one. We're reviewing his, his debut one here. So, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I think I've said this. I've, I, I went to the book signing when he came. Ah, so you've got, a, you've got a signed copy. I've got a signed copy to Alex, who has great hair, um, which nice. was nice to hear. Was, from an author? Was that, was that um, when it was in its peak uh, Blondie stage? Yeah, or? Blo- yeah, it was. I don't know if it was actually great at that stage, but he's very much like a... He's such a dorky guy in many ways. He's like, you know, this guy in like his late 40s, but he, he loves his like his heavy metal and like his, I don't know, his glam rock and stuff. So I yep. think he maybe saw all of that in my in my sparky blonde hair. It wasn't great, that hair. My well, blonde I mean, hair, it had its moments. It had its it, moments of... Like, it did, Looking yeah. back, there's sometimes I'm just like, oh, ugh. Anyway, but I mean, we're not tweeted to we We're not the good hair boys, all right? That's our <laughs> Tuesday podcast. That is. But we're here on a, on a Sunday evening, and Sunday evening is our Good Book Boys podcast. Wolf and White Van, John Darnell, we read that this week. I was going to ask you to read the blurb, and then we'll go through the synopsis together. I can do that, definitely. Welcome to Trace Italian, a game of strategy and survival. You may now make your first move. Sean Phillips's life has been solitary ever since a terrible event left him disfigured when he was only 17. These days, Sean spends his time moderating Trace Italian, an adventure game that strands its players in an apocalyptic America where they must make their way to safety across an irradiated landscape. Decision by difficult decision. But when a pair of teenage sweethearts tries to seek the trace in the real world, their actions prove fatal. Sean finds himself confronted with the dangers of his creation and its origins in his own troubled past. 
So we've got Sean Phillips, um, who, as it says, is living in isolation uh, because there was this horrible accident uh, that left him uh, disfigured and with, I guess, quite a quite physical ailments. Um, and yeah, as it says, he's he he runs this uh, sort of real time text based role playing game. Can you talk us through uh, um, Trace Italian, the game he sort of he sort of runs? Josh? Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. It's kind of it's kind of hard to explain in this modern age because it's very mm. kind of um, it's a, it's definitely a step back from what what we're used to. But essentially, what it is is um, a letter with descriptions and instructions gets sent out, and then you um, based on the a character that you've created uh, write what you would like to do next. So it's kind of like a D and D, but. Mm. Uh, long distance, um, and then and then when that mail's received back to Sean, he then boils down what you've said and what you want your character to do, down to kind of its basic options A, B, C, or D, and then chooses the relevant uh, find your own adventure path almost to send out yeah. to you, and, the, and it goes on and on and on with the eventual goal of re- reaching this trace Italian being this a fortress kind of a fort. in the middle yeah. of like a yeah yeah that's a good way to think of it. I thought it was like a, a choose your own adventure book, but it's like over the mail, so you know he's the dungeon master or whatever you, you send him your decision and then he gives you you know your next options and i guess that's sort of how he he spends his days as sort of the game master of that um i found it interesting on. that that um he also had made a, a few other games in a similar vein but none of them yeah. really seemed to be as popular or he didn't care about as much as the first and original trace italian yes and we get the the explanation pretty much when he was recovering in hospital from this accident now we don't know what this accident is until i think the second half of the novel we don't actually find out what it is but we know it's something that left him uh, as i said physically disfigured and sort of an outcast so you know he pretty much from the get-go begins crafting this this world for sort of others to navigate i guess maybe to give him a sort of a, a sense of control over um over events but the the plot it it i guess in the uh, would it be fair to say not much happens in the story yes um i think so uh it's i mean we'll get to we'll get to this i think that's a, a point that i'll raise in a little bit um yeah uh, but yeah, it's kind of it's more about reflecting on what's happened in the past and and what's happened to other people around Sean, um, as opposed yeah. to anything actually happening to Sean through the time frame that the um, that the novel uh, is set in. Yeah, that's right. Nothing. Uh, yeah, in the present, not much is happening. So it sort of goes back and forth from the present to these these previous. Um, things that have happened and you know the the biggest things i guess is him recovering from this accident and this sort of um incident where where two people as said in the blurb um these two high school students take the game sort of into the real world and and die as a result and sort of um you know sean sean um dealing with that um did you like the book i did i thought it was i thought it was a fun read i really liked the concept um, of the Trace Italian game and the, all the kind of sections of that in the novel um, and the descriptions and the and the interplay between the people who are playing the game um, and, and Sean um, were really really fun and um, a, a kind of a fun thing to 
picture and to think about and you know it's something that you when you're reading it it's something that you think oh I'd, I'd try that that'll be fun so i i really liked that and i thought the writing was was well done and the storytelling is is good but linking back to what i was alluding to earlier i think the biggest the biggest flaw of this novel um and I'll just say up the front as I as I opened this with I did I did enjoy the novel, um, mm-hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't detract from it too much. But I think the biggest flaw of the novel is its length. I think that because it's only two hundred pages long, it kind of limits itself um, with what it can do. And, mm-hmm. and I got the feeling that it could have done more if if um, John had allowed it to be a bit longer than it was. Um, mm-hmm. in, in instances like the uh, side plot of uh, Lance and Carrie, I think, and, and Carrie, um, which which are the two teenagers that take the game seriously and think that it's in the real world and go adventuring out somewhere, Canada maybe, I, I don't know, yeah. somewhere really Kansas, cold. I think. Yeah, Kansas, and they start, um, they get trapped outside at night and it gets to freezing temperatures and they end up, uh, Carrie ends up passing away and, and Lance ends up in, um, in hospital with with third degree burns from frostbite and things like that. Yeah. Um. I think that could have be could have been played out a lot. Um. But really, what we get in the book is a couple of hints towards what's happened, and then a couple of page court scene, and it doesn't mm-hmm. really then factor into the novel any further than that, and it doesn't really impact Sean much. Like once you're that quite right. It's happens, it's sort of sort of the one thing, but that is sort of listed on on the on the back so you're gonna you sort of have the idea that this is going to be the central conflict or you know the you know the, the focal point of the whole story but i think you're right it 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 is sort of just treated as like another sort of thing that he remembers you know and yeah it doesn't we we don't see any i guess profound change taking place because of it um what did you think of sean as a character and you know John Donnell's choice to have him as the lead, as the protagonist. I, I liked him as a, as a main character. Um, I think it was an interesting. I mean, you don't get the you don't get to this viewpoint until you finish the novel. But I think it was an attempt at portraying um, someone with pretty significant mental illness. I mean, you're kind of distracted through the whole novel by the physical ailments mm-hmm. of Sean, mm-hmm. um, but just the way that he interacts with the world and the way that uh, and and the the decisions that he makes and the things that he thinks um, that are portrayed to you in the novel are all kind of a little bit warped and a little bit strange yeah. and a little bit odd and it's not until you kind of get the full picture of what happened and I mean I say that in inverted commas because you don't really get the full picture but um yeah and that's what i wanted to ask you about if i if i can jump off on that what did you think when you found out about the accident was that surprising is that shocking it what it wasn't only because Mm -hmm. there were enough clues from the middle section of the book to to indicate that okay he's he's tried to I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should spoil spoil. Let's it, let's keep it ambiguous. Okay, you know he did he did what he did. It, it's kind of it becomes clear in the middle section of the book yeah. what had happened in terms of yeah. facts, um, but you don't get and really you don't actually get much more than that in the end. You're you're kind of you left don't. to you're kind of left to to think about it. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think 
to a certain extent, it can be used effectively um, that as a plot device where you leave things up to the to the reader to interpret or to discuss and form conclusions. Um, but in this case, I felt that there wasn't enough reasoning behind any of the options to really make it a satisfying, uh, I'll say, mystery explanation. or explanation. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And again, I'm going to come back to the length. I think the length of the novel, if it had been longer, there would have been more chance to create a little more substance to uh, that plot line and that kind of through line for Sean. And I want to I want to draw a parallel to uh, I don't know if you've read uh, A Little Life, which is a book by an author that is really hard to pronounce, um, Yana Hanagahira or something. Um, it's a book that I read last year. It's it's a lot longer. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that this needs to be that length. But the main character in that is very similar to Sean in the f- in the fact that uh, they've got significant mental health issues that uh, manifest themselves in self harm and, and and things like that. And I think that that character in that book was done really well, and and, and you could really see the justifications that they were giving themselves and the mm-hmm. and the crossed thinking and the the warped way of um of how they represented themselves in the world whereas in yes. this book in this book uh, there wasn't you, enough I do, of you don't that. get that sense of conflict i don't yeah. think yeah. um which i think is i think it's deliberately written that way and i think that if you the the best thing about you know the writing is also going to be the thing that frustrates you the most. It is you know left to be ambiguous. I guess yeah. maybe um, suffering from such afflictions often don't have this clear sense of this is you know these are the two ideas that are competing in my head. You know these are my options. It is just sort of this nebulous feeling that he gets, and I think he's as an author fantastic at sort of exploring these you know sort of exploring where. Um, Sean's mind is going in the moment. He has these really good images and these really good descriptions. But I agree, you it's as a reader it is somewhat frustrating that you don't get a clearer picture of the central conflict that's going in the character's yeah. head. And I think it's a deliberate choice, but it is frustrating. Yeah, I agree. And I think also that could that that probably plays into the feeling of uh, along with along with the shortness of the novel but also the the lack of depth to some things is that way that you're kind of seeing things from Sean's perspective and Sean's perspective is very fleeting and and, and mm. here and there and, and and that kind of stuff so yeah I think I think on the whole though Sean's character was written was written well and it was it was an interesting perspective to take it's not something that you always find yourself in when you're reading a novel no how did you find the second read did you like it as much as you did the first read, or? I did. I did. I did actually. Uh, you know, I, I was. I was worried that you know because I, I like the the author so much. Um, I w- I had only just sort of you know just liked it by default. I really really do enjoy. It. I love. I don't know. There's something about that the whole world of the Trace Italian that I and and the whole um, role playing game via mail that I, I find so appealing. I love that that, yeah, that sort agree, of yeah. like, whole aspect of the story. Um, and yeah, again, he's um, he's so good at crafting these images that are inside the, the characters' heads at the time. Yeah, it's just that 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 ambiguity, you know, for people who are, I guess, you know, maybe more pensive and reflective than me. 
it, it would be great. You know, maybe that's the point that not not everything is has to be made clear. Um, for me, it was a little bit frustrating, but I know I definitely I definitely enjoyed um, the book, and I don't. Yeah, think that, I fr- have that to frustration actually. doesn't take away necessarily from your reading experience. I it's think it's just... part of the. Yeah, I think I think that is part of the reading experience. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I don't think I'll have to. I don't think I'll have to amend my my Goodreads uh, rating, which is which is good. Did you you mentioned that you you've read his follow up novel? Yes. Um, did you find any of the the things you found frustrating in this novel in that novel, or do you think that it's specific absolutely, to the character? Absolutely. No, absolutely. I found the same thing actually. Um, and it was again. There was another really. It's called Universal Harvester. His um his second one. Yeah. And again, similar to to the Trace Italian concept, there was this um another sort of concept that I thought was so cool. Uh, it was like the the protagonist is finding these VHS tapes, or he works at a video store. They're getting returned, and they have like little um splices of like quite disturbing home movies spliced mm-hmm. into them when they're returned. Yeah. Which is like I'm like oh awesome what's this mystery but the ambiguity like ruined it for me and I, I think it's it says she don't like that book I I I think it does it it fails to to capture so it's yeah. certainly it's an element of obvious writing style to have that sense of ambiguity and in this time this this novel it works in in his follow up I don't think it did it's interesting that he has a focus on kind of the analog I'll say analog is the word I describe it yeah the 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 yeah, the, with the 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 videotapes, the VHS videotapes, tape, and, the and then in this book playing. with the mail, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's he, an interesting little niche that is that is stumbled upon, I think. And you can tell he was he was definitely like as a person into all that stuff, you know, all the stuff about you know the Conan Barbar- the Barbarian books yes, that Sean yep. reads as a kid. I I guarantee you, he, he's read all of them. Like it, it means a lot to him. You know, he's a he's a big like fantasy nerd. Yeah, uh, but. It, it, I, I relate to that sort of analog entertainment, the, the pre-digital age um, that he seems to relate to so much. I, I really dig that. Yeah, no, me too. So what's what? What are you going to give it after two reads? Two reads. It is going to stay firm on four out of five stars, which for me means a good book that deserves to be revisited. And I'm going to rate it three stars. Worth a worthwhile read, an interesting read. Fantastic. Um, well, before we go on to what our next book will be, are you reading anything else at the moment, Josh? Uh, I finally finished um, the third book in the trilogy, uh, the yes. Wolf Hall trilogy, um, The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, that was an epic trilogy, and it's kind of sad that it's over. Um, but finally got that done. So I'm now on to um, Halfway Through East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Oh, um, yes. And I'm really enjoying it. I think Steinbeck's writing is really fantastic, and he has a really interesting um uh, ha- makes some really interesting observations and puts them through his his novels, um, and I and I have a great time kind of picking up on them and and mulling over them. Yeah, I loved Mice and Men. I haven't read anything else by his, so I might have to have to pick up some more. Yeah, absolutely. What are you reading? Well, I've actually, I, I mean, I, I set myself a a forty book uh, Goodreads challenge for the year. I've surpassed that, you know owing to covid partly but also because as as if you follow me on instagram you'll see i i read a lot of comic books as well which i'm counting i'm i'm reading so 
so many different things at the moment. I'm reading like I'm reading comic books. I'm okay, reading. You, you are really all over the place. Not in a bad way. In a good uh, way. Like it's there's so much variety. You know, I'm still going through Tintin. Still going through James Bond. Got comic books like superhero comic books. Also like independent comic books. And I'm reading some Simpsons comics as well. Um, I'm reading some nonfiction on the First World War still. And I'm just started to kill a mockingbird for one of my students is reading that. So I'm going to read that for the first time oh, as well. So. Never have, never have. So it's another classic I can tick off the list. Um, so yeah, pretty. You know, I'll be interested you, to hear, hear what you what you think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that range of books ranges from Simpsons comics to To Kill a Mockingbird. So you know, I like to think you know nothing's too highbrow or lowbrow for me. Do you want to know what we're reading next? I do. So I'm I'm taking us in a similar vein. I'm taking okay. us in a similar vein of of a shortish book in the kind of slightly warped. Uh, world, although this will be a little bit more uh, supernatural, we are going to read Slade House by David Mitchell. Okay, now of course I am a huge fan of David Mitchell on um, Peep Show. Yes, this is this is not the same David Mitchell. I'm just reading up David Mitchell novelist under David Mitchell British comedian. So yeah, he doesn't look like he was in Peep Show. All right. <laughs> Yes, it is. Wow. It's the same name, different. Uh, yeah, we've got the and comedian, he is and British we've got the as well. And also, apparently, he is writing Matrix Four. Are you familiar with that? I did not know that. No. Um, so there you go. Uh, but it is called what's it called? Slade House. S L A D E House. Okay. He wrote. Um, the, his his big one is um, Cloud Atlas. Yeah. And why did you pick? Why year. did you pick this one? Well, I wanted to also because we're 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 going down the um uh, the reread route. Mm-hmm. I decided that um, Slade House would be a perfect option to continue um, back to backing slightly pre-read, interesting shorter books. Where can we where can we catch you online, Alex? What have you been doing? Well, I'm pleased to announce that the first of several podcast projects uh, will be available is currently available on both Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, Gatsy on Goosebumps, my long-running YouTube series. I'm in the process of converting that into podcast form. So you can search Gatsy on Goosebumps. You'll be able to find it. If you want to stay up to date with the things I am working on, um, you can go on to latteracher.com, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E, or you can find me on Instagram at latteracher, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E, Um and you can just see the books I'm reading. Um, yeah, but uh, Gatsy on Goosebumps is there for all to see. And, and I would definitely recommend that you see or hear it. It is, uh, <laughs> it is worth your time. Josh, where can we find you? And uh, do you have a preference for any kind of music that we should know about? Uh, yeah, jazz all the time. More oh. jazz is uh, never a bad never thing. Never my uh, hot cup of jazz Instagram has been, I'm not going to say going off because that's not accurate, but I've been actually posting on it. Um, would you say uh, the corpse is, is starting to twitch back to life? I would say that, yes. Um, yeah. uh, so come across to hot cup of jazz if you want to get some jazz recommendations uh, and chat music. Uh, oftentimes the artists are there dropping a little comment as well. So, um Jump in and come and listen to some jazz. If you've never listened to it before, you might be surprised. Fantastic. I have been Good Book Boy number one, Alex. And I am Good Book Boy number two, Josh. 
And as we always say and here at the Good Book Boys podcast, if it ain't a good book, leave it on the shelf. Until next week. <laughs> <laughs>